0: Welcome to Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, the weekly podcast that features the very best in career development in the nonprofit sector. I'm your host, Patton McDowell, and I want to help you build a plan to become the kind of leader you want to be. Now, here's the question for you. What are you doing currently to advance your leadership in the nonprofit sector? Now, get it. If you're listening to this podcast, you're either a current nonprofit leader and you want to get better. Or maybe you aspire to be a leader in the nonprofit sector. In either case, the question still applies. What are you doing now to help advance your leadership journey, maybe accelerate it even faster? And when I meet with current and aspiring nonprofit leaders, often they do have the vision for nonprofit leadership somewhere down the road. Maybe it's one year, five years, 10 years, and that's great. But the question I'm still going to pose to them and I'm posing to you now is what are you going to do about it? And that's why this special solo episode is to give you some specific ideas, literally four things or four ideas that you can do right now to advance your nonprofit leadership. My colleague Lee Williams and I shared these ideas as part of a presentation we did at the AFP Icon Conference in Las Vegas. That's Association for Fundraising Professionals, the international conference. And we had a wonderful reception uh, during that session, and it seemed to reinforce the real desire of nonprofit leaders like you listening right now for tangible practical activities that you feel like can help you advance and that's exactly what this episode is going to do i'm going to give you four things to think about and and it is underlining a point that you don't have to wait till the new year's resolutions arrive at the end of the year or you don't have to wait for the summer retreat perhaps you're pondering uh I suggest in our mastermind groups, every single session, you should be doing something to enhance your professional development every other week. Are you carving out time for reflection, uh, for study, for experience and skill development that will help you? Because if you're just waiting for it to happen somewhere down the road, it's not And that, of course, is what I'm encouraging in this episode. And as you listen, I want you to really consider a bias for action. You don't have to wait. These are things you can do now. So having reinforced that point more than enough, let's jump into it. Let me give you the four headlines right now, and then I will break them down with some practical thought exercises. or In fact, I've got a worksheet related to one of them that can help you But here are the four things you can do right away to advance your leadership. Number one is to sharpen the vision, literally your vision framework for career success. I know you have a general sense of where you want to go, whether you are an emerging leader early in your uh, career. Maybe you're a mid-career and you've hit a plateau uh, right along your journey. Maybe you're a senior leader right now and you want to have even greater clarity as to what your ultimate success looks like. There's a fourth area, in fact, some of you may be listening that are thinking about jumping into nonprofit leadership from the for profit sector. But the point is, all four of you can, in fact, benefit from these exercises and sharpen your leadership uh, framework. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. The second thing is, you need to self assess. Frankly, you need to have a constant spirit of self-assessment, but I've got in a self-assessment tool that will in fact suggest 10 skills and experiences you need to be thinking about if you aspire to senior leadership in our sector. The third thing you need to do is be more intentional about your strategic networking, and I've got some ideas for you on that topic. And then fourth and finally, you need to curate the knowledge and build a plan that will literally move you forward right away. And again, I've got three ideas on that point. So wherever you are on your journey, let me give you some ideas within those four categories to help you advance your nonprofit leadership. All right, number one, the first action you can do to advance your leadership right now is to sharpen your vision framework. Sharpen your vision framework. And this is something, again, we talked about in Las Vegas at the conference. Here are six key questions that can help you do that. In other words, you're probably asking yourself, all right, what does that mean? I've got a vision for senior leadership in the sector, and that's great. Whatever that is for you, either by accelerating a path you're on now or maybe just doing the job you're in now even better. But here are six questions that will help you sharpen your vision framework. Number one is, what is your timeline? In other words, there's one thing to be someday. I want you to sharpen that with a more specific question. Is your next leadership opportunity going to happen to you within the next year, if things go in the way you want them to? Or are you on a three-year path? Are you a five-year or ten-year? There's no wrong answer here, but it does help develop the plan if it is an accelerated effort or a longer-term slow build. And again, whatever the answer is, we'll build your plan accordingly. But the question you need to answer is, with some degree of specificity, is this a a move you want to make in the near term, or is it something further out? Now, the second question you can ask is, within what sector or sectors do you want to advance your nonprofit leadership? Again, no wrong answer. But if you're in education, do you want to stay in education, or would you consider healthcare? If you're in arts and culture, do you want to stay there or would you entertain moving into environmental causes or faith-based nonprofits? What are the nonprofit sectors in which you'd be willing to work? And I get you've had success in a current sector and activities around that. That's fine. If you want to sharpen it, so be it. But would you entertain moving into other sectors? And many of the nonprofit leaders I speak with might entertain something in a related field again using the examples i've given you're in higher education now maybe you consider working for a healthcare foundation the the issues there are simply up to you but what i'm suggesting is put all on the table the sectors in which you're willing to work and that'll help define some of the other strategic activities i'm going to suggest here in just a moment Third question for you to entertain in this sharpening of your vision framework is geographic parameters. Are you committed to the community in which you work now uh, for reasons that are very legitimate? You got family there. (laughs) You're not going to move, and that's fine. But some of you might, in fact, entertain a move for the perfect opportunity or maybe just the right opportunity to advance further on the ladder that you're on now. And so what I would suggest is give some thought literally to the map. Some of you might say, I'll move anywhere for the right opportunity. (laughs) And that's great, whether that's domestic or even international. Others of you, though, may have a more regional plan. And the point I'm trying to get to is that if you can be more specific about the communities, the markets, the networks in which you might be willing to work, it'll help you develop a plan to identify and then maybe evaluate where those opportunities might be. So, For example, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, and so if I were thinking about a regional plan for my career path, I might look at markets within this region, down to Atlanta, up to D.C., Um, but others of you in other parts of the United States and even around the world could pose the same question. What are the two or three other communities, markets, or cities you might be willing to work and write them down? Because, again, then you can sharpen your focus on those areas based on your willingness to move. And back to the original point within this topic. If you don't want to move or simply can't move because of family obligations or whatever reason, that's fine. We're just going to define your plan more carefully around the community in which you work. And we'll evaluate other elements like, do you want to stay in the same sector? But So then what else might be available within the community in which you work now? That's fine. But again, answer the question about geography. Would you be willing to move? And if so, can you even further define the communities in which you'd be willing to go? Here's the fourth question to answer as you sharpen your vision framework for success in nonprofit leadership. And that is the the scope and size and culture of the organization in which you want to work and ultimately lead. Again, no wrong answer, but some of you might aspire to a smaller organization in which you can have a, a greater hold on different functions of leadership. You might want to wear many hats and manage a team that you know everyone on a very uh, close basis. However, others of you might want to be part of a larger institutional organization. And have that variety, have that breadth and depth to the work that you could do and that of the organization. So what are those cultural elements, those size elements, those scope elements? Would you like to be a local uh, organization affecting your community? Would you like to be part of a national, international network? Those are factors that might uh, influence what you're going to study, what you're going to consider as opportunities come down the road. And, and maybe you're not sure, and that's fine, too. If that's the answer, jot that down, that you'd be open to uh, the right opportunity, whether it's large or small or local or international. But I hope to force you, in a sense, to give thought to that, because I've seen people that didn't consider that variation of, of culture and scope and size until they got to an organization it was too late. And upon reflection, they may have realized, you know what? I would fit better in an organization with this size and this scope and this cultural element. And that's something you can think about now as you advance your nonprofit leadership. Here's something you can think about right now, too, in the fifth question in this vision framework exercise. What kind of educational components or requirements will be necessary for you to achieve senior leadership that you aspire to be? In other words, are you going to need a graduate degree? Would it benefit you to have a a CFRE certification as a fundraiser? Do you need more uh, coursework, if you will, on budget and finance, um, HR, programming, whatever it is, there's likely an educational component to your ultimate leadership role. And so it doesn't hurt to think about that now. For me, it was a financial element that I needed to be stronger, and I knew if I were going to advance. So I contemplated an MBA, thinking that would give me, in fact, it did, a greater grasp and comfort uh, with financial, um, budgetary, and other elements that I think apply to any kind of leadership, but certainly nonprofit. So what are those educational components you're going to need somewhere along the journey ahead? And it's not too soon to think about that. You may not be in a position to enroll in a program or start that certification course right now, but you need to put it on your list. And maybe your near-term objective is simply to evaluate the programs in your area that would fulfill that educational requirement. Because too many of you, I I hate to say, know you're going to have to do it sometime, but you continue to put it off. And so what can you do now? Maybe it is, in fact, to explore, to research, and understand these programs um, and then begin to ponder, can you start next fall? Could you start next year? Whatever it is, let's continue to have a bias for action. All right, the sixth and final question as you sharpen your vision framework for nonprofit leadership is the financial uh, expectations that you have for your career plan. In other words, you have a right to expect a reasonable compensation. You certainly have individual and maybe family obligations and responsibilities and it's not too early to think about are you on a trajectory that will allow you to make the kind of compensation you need in other words or are you going to hit a ceiling sooner than later based on the the current role you have or even the aspirational role you have will it provide sufficient compensation and financial support including retirement and benefits and all those things and and again i get it that all of us, I would suggest, get into nonprofit work because of the mission, the calling, uh, the inspiration to do the kind of programming you do right now. But eventually, if not already, you're going to have to face the the financial realities that will keep you whole. And so, I would suggest you give some thought, do some financial planning, and again, an exercise you can do right now. What type of compensation do you need? to be comfortable, and to fulfill the obligations you have to yourself and to your family. And that may be something you can then put on your long-term plan that I'm okay now, but I am going to need to move into a different category of compensation within the next one, three, five, or even 10 years. But that will also help sharpen your career planning so that you can assure you're moving into positions that will fulfill that requirement all right those are the six questions literally you can handle right now get out your journal write them down i'll put them in the show notes so if you are driving and aren't able to jot notes don't worry they'll be in the show notes for this episode it's number 159 but i hope that will help you sharpen your career vision sharpen your vision framework and help you be more intentional about the activities that i'm going to now suggest that maybe you'd like to expand even further. Here's the second thing you can do. And I mentioned in the opening, do a self assessment on your leadership skills and experience. And in fact, I've got a tool for you. Uh, Email me, by the way, if you'd like to see a worksheet that we utilize in our mastermind leadership program. Uh, what we believe are the 10 essential skills and experiences for successful nonprofit leaders. Again, I'll repeat, I believe there are 10 essential skills and experiences you need for successful nonprofit leadership. But the first thing you need to do before you get into this worksheet is have a mindset around constant self-assessment, which leads to constant self-improvement. And this is not an exercise that we're going to beat you up with. Um, all of us need to continue to have a spirit of lifelong learning and professional development. And all of us have things we need to work on. I'm going to give you 10 specifically that you can self-assess around. And my hope is that for right now in your immediate career planning, pick one of them, pick one of these 10 that you can work on now this summer, this year, some of, you know, short term time frame to get better. That's how you will succeed in achieving your ultimate nonprofit leadership position. Now I'm going to reel off all 10 of these skills and experiences. I'm not going to go into great depth. If you want a copy of the worksheet that we utilize now in our mastermind, email me. My initials are pm at pattenmcdowell.com. pm at com. I'll be happy to send you a worksheet around these 10 essential skills and experiences. Just let me know in the subject line or in your email uh, outreach and I'll make sure you get a copy of this. All right, here are the 10. I'm going to go rapid fire so you can replay this if it's helpful. Or again, go to the show notes and get a copy of this from me and you can spend your time on it because that's what I'm asking you to do in this self-assessment, which I do on an annual basis. I look at these 10 on an annual basis to make sure I'm making progress, and sometimes I readjust areas that I want to focus, uh, move more closely into, or learn more about. And so these 10 are, number one, evidence of a learning plan. And, And you could imagine as I pose these 10 skills and experiences to you, if I were interviewing you for a job, In fact, these are good job interview questions, by the way. I've seen many of these questions posed to senior candidates in nonprofit searches. So as you ponder these rhetorically, how would you answer? Number one, do you have a learning plan to get better? Do you have a learning plan to get better? Not just a vague sense of what you need to do, but it's a self-awareness that allows you to tell someone, hey, I realize I need to learn more about plan giving or cryptocurrency or strategic planning or whatever it is, do you have a learning plan that has detail around what you need to know and when you're going to learn more about it? That, to me, is an impressive element that nonprofit leaders, the best nonprofit leaders, are able to articulate. Number two, do you have a clear method of productivity and organization? And this gets at the fundamental question, as a leader, how do you manage the volume of activity coming at you, the volume of information and activity and tasks? And it's not so much I'm asking for a specific app or to-do list or calendaring method. I just want to know you have one. And so the self-assessment here is if you don't feel comfortable in managing the volume, maybe that's something you need to work on. Now, The third area that I think all nonprofit leaders need to have is a good understanding of strategic planning. And again, we could expand an entire episode of this podcast. In fact, we do have episodes of this podcast that dive more deeply into strategic planning. But the question to you now rhetorically is, do you feel comfortable managing a strategic planning process? As a nonprofit leader, you will, in fact, have to do that. And so, if it's an area you don't feel confident or comfortable, then that's exactly the point of this exercise. Put it on your list as something you might want to work on. All right, here's the fourth question in your self assessment quiz right now. Do you feel like you have sufficient knowledge about the sector in which you work? Notice the distinction, not your organization. I would expect that you can give me lots of good information about where you work and the nature and the mission of your organization. The broader leadership question for you is being able to step back and speak more broadly about the entire sector. If you work at a university, I know you can tell me about that, but can you tell me about issues facing higher education more broadly? If you're in healthcare, you can talk about your organization. But what are some of the issues facing healthcare philanthropy going forward? Again, you see where I'm going there. Do you feel like you are learning, reading, understanding the issues that affect your sector, and not just your organization? Fifth self-assessment question. Again, we can break this down in much more detail, but it talks about uh, strategic marketing communications. Are you comfortable in your presentation, public speaking, and writing skills. Any of those three might be something that need work, uh, but I think they are essential for nonprofit leadership. You are going to have to be able to speak from the podium. You're going to have to be able to speak informally in social settings. All of those public speaking elements, you're going to have to run a meeting. You're going to have to run a board retreat. So communication is essential as it is in the writing areas writing the handwritten note to the executive summary memo for your board. You're going to have to organize presentations. So all of these communication skills and experiences, again, my quest right now is simply to get you to think about it. If it's an area you need to work on, it's something you can work on right now. Sixth question for you as you self-assess is basically your management skills, people, process, program, facilities, infrastructure. Are you comfortable managing all of the elements that will ultimately be required in nonprofit leadership? Some of you are managing these things right now, but do you need to do them better? What can you do to get them better? So that is the uh, kind of question related to this topic. The seventh uh, essential skill and experience I think you need to have is financial acumen. Um, regardless of where you came into nonprofit leadership, I came through the program side, but I was terrified of some of the financial intricacies of the organization in which I work, which is Special Olympics. I realized I needed to learn more. So I would pose the same question to you. Can you articulate clearly the financial model that your organization operates under? Can, can you articulate clearly to me what are the essential revenue drivers that make your organization go? Maybe just the top three. Likewise, can you articulate the three key expense areas that your organization uh, has to fund to make Uh, its programs, and so forth, successful. Can you understand the financial reports that your organization develops from the 990 to the annual budget to any of the reports perhaps your board of directors is reviewing at their next meeting? If you can't, there's a tangible and tactical activity for you to work on. The eighth area you need to understand and have skill and experience around is marketing. As a nonprofit leader, you are, in fact, going to be a senior-level marketer. You need to think about the audiences that you serve, uh, whether it be program participants, donors, community leaders. Who are they? What kind of information do they need, and how do you best deliver it? How do you create a relationship cycle through your marketing efforts? Certainly, fundraising can be part of that, but they're more than just the donor cycle that I think have to be considered here. What are you doing to market to potential and future staff members? What are you doing to market to the talent pool that's out there that you are certainly going to need to hire uh, down the road? Uh, That's uh, an example of an area where I don't think many nonprofit leaders are marketing effectively to their future hires. So again, consider marketing as an area that either you feel comfortable with or Maybe it's something else you'd add to the list as something you could work on. Number nine, governance and inclusive practices. Governance and inclusive practices. Governance, an example would be uh, a better understanding of how your board of directors works and what you're doing to enhance board relations. Every nonprofit leader is going to need to be comfortable managing and collaborating with their board of directors. So if that's an area you want to explore, obviously you put it on the list. Inclusive practices, Uh, appropriately in this day and age, every nonprofit leader search that I've seen lately, and I've talked to some search firms that would suggest almost every executive search they're doing, a question will be posed, what is your stance on inclusive practices? What are you going to do to help make our organization more inclusive at the staff level, at the volunteer level, at the board level, at the programmatic level? You need to think about how you incorporate inclusive practices in your nonprofit leadership and in the organization you ultimately will lead. And if you're not comfortable with that, there are great resources that you can explore further, but that's something you can work on right now. The 10th and final self-assessment question for you is around leadership and team building. You can be technically proficient in every element of your organization, programmatically, Budgetarily and all that. But ultimately, if you're going to succeed as a nonprofit leader, you're going to need people to follow you. What do you do to build those around you? How do you coach those that work with you and for you? What do you do to create a community, to create a team? Uh, and if those are things you've not yet had experience, then it's a good time to consider studying the activities of those you admire and that are clearly successful in these areas. But it is clear to me that the best nonprofit leaders are thoughtful and intentional about building community, building a team, and coaching individuals to success. And that's something, again, you can work on. All right, I hope that gives you plenty to think about and perhaps too many things to think about And let me reinforce the point of this exercise is not to bury you in 10 different and very distinct activities and experiences. To review these and decide which one or two are priorities for you. Ultimately, you need to be competent in all 10, in my opinion. But you don't have to be perfect. You're never going to be perfect in any of them, and much less all of them. So pick those areas that perhaps you feel like you have the most work to do. And then that can become your activity this year. And I'll give you some ideas as to how you can enhance whatever areas emerge in your personal self-assessment so that you can get better. So if you put yourself through this self-assessment exercise, you've identified some areas, some skills or experiences about which you want to get better. Here's my first suggestion. This is the third area of this episode and the advice I'm offering And that is commit to strategic networking in the next 30 days. Commit to strategic networking in the next 30 days. Who are three people that you could connect with that might be able to help you on any of those 10 skills and experiences discussed previously in this episode conversation? So You might be wondering, all right, who do I reach out to for that type of exercise? The first area I'd look at is, Who are some individuals doing the same job as you're doing at a different organization, a comparable peer? Uh, You likely have friends and associates that are doing just that. You've met them through various uh, networking events or just conferences or the interaction of your two organizations. But you could be intentional about a conversation that I'm going to describe in a moment, and you could start with identifying some of your top comparison peers. A variation of that, in fact, I would encourage, is another category I'd call aspirational peers. Who is considered the best at the job you do now? So if I'm a development director for an organization, there's likely an association of that organization within your sector. And you can probably find out, if you don't already know, who were considered the veterans, the experts, the best of the best. And maybe that's a person that you can be strategic in reaching out to in this networking exercise. So, having identified both a comparison peer and an aspirational peer, reach out to them. And, in particularly, in the case of an aspirational peer, which you may be nervous about reaching out to, perhaps you don't know them well. I would suggest, though individuals like that are willing to engage especially if you reach out in a respectful and specific manner and one way to do that is of course be respectful for their time in other words request a specific time would you be willing to get on a call or zoom with me for 45 minutes and within that 45 minute period i'm going to ask you four questions or i'd like to explore four topics with you number one why did you get into this kind of work you know, let someone share with you their why, because I think that's both powerful and instructive as you get to know this person better. You know, the second question that I pose in a what I'm calling a networking interview like this is ask the person what they're most proud of as they reflect on their career progress and success. What are they most proud of and why? And that, again, can help you identify some of the things they did, and, and obviously it can lead to conversation about what they did to get there or achieve what they're sharing. A related question number three in this interview format is what has been their biggest challenge, and how did they overcome it? What has been their biggest challenge, and how do they overcome it? Because, again, that can be incredibly enlightening to learn from someone who's considered the best in your field uh, because they've all had challenges. We all have challenges. But ask this person to share what um, has created some complexity for them, some challenge for them, and maybe more importantly, what they did to to get through it. You know, the final question I I call the career journey question. In fact, I use this a lot when I'm interviewing guests on this podcast. And you could pose the same question to this person um, What helped them early in their career journey? What were the resources or the specific advice they got that helped them break into the field and maybe begin to advance? As they reached a mid-career plateau, what pushed them through that? What helped them achieve senior leadership? And then as they have arrived and now are in senior leadership, what are the key tenets that drive them? How do they stay sharp? How do they continue to advance and be amongst the best in your field. And so again, I find people are often willing and grateful for the opportunity to share lessons from that early, middle, and late stage career journey. And all of these questions give you a framework which I hope makes you more comfortable to reach out to someone who is, again, on the aspirational side of your career journey, who maybe otherwise you'd be nervous to reach out to, but I think if you pose this type of discussion in a respectful manner they'll respond and then this activity serves not only to give you ideas specific to your career planning exercise but frankly you've made another networking friend and strategic networking will in fact make a difference both in the near term and in the long term and if you do that two or three times a month you're going to establish a fantastic network that is going to impact your career in a very specific way. All right, here's the fourth and final way you can advance your leadership literally right now, certainly within this year. And I, I use the phrase in my book. Uh, the phrase is called Curate Knowledge. By the way, if you'd like a copy of the book, Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, Please look for it. Go to our website or you can go to Amazon or any other uh, book retailer and find a copy. But curate knowledge is a concept I found personally very helpful. And, of course, I share it with all of the nonprofit leaders with which I work. And it's a concept that allows you to get your arms around all of the content that is necessary as you move into nonprofit leadership. Now, as you consider literally the nonprofit leadership positions you aspire to be, one thing you could do is what I call job mapping. Look at job descriptions of that ultimate aspirational job anywhere in the country, uh, anywhere in the world. In other words, it's not these are not job openings you're necessarily going to apply for but they can help you become more educated as to what organizations are looking for when they seek that senior nonprofit leader. We do this every time in the mastermind, and it's fascinating what the individuals come back from this exercise, and they say, you know what, I'm feeling more confident about my skills and experiences matching up for these hypothetical job openings hypothetical for you because you may not pursue it, but it helps you understand what organizations are looking for. On the other hand, it might tell you I see all of the options that I looked at or the different opportunities within this leadership space. There are certain things they're all asking for that I need to work on. If I were to interview now, I would have to better address some of these questions and Now I know what to work on to better position myself for these opportunities when they come down the road. So that's the first thing you can do within this category I call curate knowledge. Become a student of job openings that are specific to your ultimate aspirational job. Start a file. Collect these job announcements. File them away, but maybe more importantly, review them and think about how you would match up where you would excel if you were applying, and what areas, though, that might be a challenge for you now. And, of course, that helps you evaluate what you need to work on. Second thing I'm going to suggest to you as you curate all of the knowledge and all of these topics and concepts I'm sharing with you now is utilize a a curriculum model, if you will. All of us remember, I guess some more favorably than others, back when we were in school, the the typical semester or term where there were content and courses within a defined time period. I would suggest to you that's a good framework to keep you accountable to progress. So in other words, I ask folks right now, what are you going to work on this summer for your summer term? you know maybe it's a topic maybe it's a book you're going to read maybe it's a webinar you're going to attend but the point is you're thoughtful about i have this summer and i want to accomplish something in terms of my knowledge and career building exercises what are you going to do next fall what is the curriculum going to look like in the fall term of 2022 as this episode's release what are you going to work on in the spring semester of 2023 You see where I'm going here. By defining your learning and goals around career development, by putting them into a a timed framework, I think it creates, again, that bias for action that the most successful leaders have, and it assures that they are going to make progress. Last piece of advice as you curate knowledge, as you organize your thoughts, is plan a personal strategic retreat. Yes, I'll say it again plan a personal strategic planning retreat. You've all done it in terms of your organizations. You've sat through many retreats, planning sessions. I'm convinced, however, most individual nonprofit leaders and those who aspire to leadership in our sector don't invest enough time in themselves. And so it's something, again, we talk a lot about with the folks we coach. Plan a retreat and do it in a similar fashion that your organization does. You start with a visioning exercise. You do a self-assessment like I've shared in this episode. You set goals. You put time frames on those goals. You consider strategic networking opportunities in the months and years ahead. All of these things allow you to come away with greater clarity in an efficient manner. Instead of things that are just floating around the back of your head, These are things you can do in a concentrated period of one, two, or maybe three days. And that's what I've tried to do for the last 15 years. Once a year, I'm going to try to get away, so to speak. And get away is up to you. Get out of town um, or maybe just get across town where you can unplug and avoid distraction. But the point is, utilize a strategic planning retreat for yourself so that you can, again, Feel good about what you've accomplished and be clear about the goals you have going forward. Well, I hope these four areas give you plenty to think about. And of course, overall reinforces my point that do something. Don't just have your leadership dreams in a far off category in your brain. Do something about your leadership dreams now whether it is sharpening your vision framework and number one number two an ongoing self-assessment like the 10 skills and experiences i shared with you within this episode perhaps it's around strategic networking identify reach out schedule something with comparable peers in your field and maybe even better aspirational peers within your community within your network uh Anywhere in the world, of course, now the technology allows us to do that, and I guarantee it will benefit you. And then finally, as you curate all of these topics and all of these knowledge areas, do something about that too. Look at job descriptions of those aspirational jobs. Design your curriculum for the next term, the next semester, the next year, so that you put these things into a calendar and get them done. And finally, plan a retreat. Do it this summer. Do it this fall. Whenever you're listening to this episode, it doesn't matter. Put something on the calendar that will allow you to do a deep dive on your own personal strategic planning, and I guarantee it will help you make progress. As I hope is evident, I love this stuff and would be happy to do a deeper dive with you on your nonprofit leadership journey. There are a number of ways we can connect Of course, I hope you'll check out my book, Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, which does in fact expand upon several of the topics I'm sharing today. If you'd like a deeper dive and a more intensive, in a small group setting, check out our Mastermind program. We have yet another fantastic group coming together this summer, summer of 2022, and this group will dive into exactly These topics I'm sharing with you now uh, at a deeper level, and of course, we'll have the benefit of coaching and being coached in a small group setting. And if you just like to connect with us, go to our website. You can find at the bottom of the homepage how to reach out and connect, schedule some time for conversation, or simply receive our weekly email that will feature weekly podcasts and other resources we're putting together for nonprofit leaders just like you. Last but not least, check out the show notes for this episode. It's number 159. That will give you uh, some of the links and material that I've referenced during this episode. And, again, grateful for all that you're doing in the nonprofit sector, especially right now. Please keep up the good work. The sector needs you, and your development as an individual leader will help so many great organizations excel. And I will continue to bring you content that will help you Do it even better. Have a great week. I'll see you next time on The Path.